welcome to Lunchbox Reaction. I'm Evan, and today I have my co-hosts here, Brian. Hello. And Linnea. Hello. Today we're talking about a graphic novel series called Amulet by Kazuki Buishi. It's one of my personal favorites. There are eight volumes of it, and book nine is coming out in 2021, which I personally am very excited for. The first two books are the books that we're reading today. Book number one, The Stonekeeper, and book number two, The Stonekeeper's Curse. The story centers around two characters, Emily and Navin. In the first book, they're together, having an adventure. In the second book, they split up. The book kind of starts off telling us about how Emily's dad died, and basically they're moving into their great-grandpa's house, who was a stonekeeper. Their mom gets captured by a beast, and they go on an adventure to find her and rescue her. Book two involves more around, after they rescue her, involves more around Emily and how she uses her powers. Emily and Navin split up to do their own character arcs and stuff, so. There are a lot of characters in it. Emily and Navin, as we already gone over. Their mom, Karen. They have Misket, who's a rabbit robot. We have Cogsley, who's just a robot. Maury, who's also a robot. And Leon is a character introduced in the second book. He's a fox, actually. We also have Trells, the son of the Elf King, and that's all the characters. Anybody have any thoughts on it? So this is my second time reading the first and second book of this series. I read them before a few years ago, but I forgot most of what happened. So it was nice to read them again. It's a really good series. I really like all of the characters. I really like the art style, too. I think my favorite character is the bunny. Misket? Misket. Yep. It's funny because Misket looks like a rabbit, but he's referred to as something that was created by Silas, the kid's great-grandfather. Yeah. Some some of the characters, the robots in this story, like Cogsley, he actually looks like a robot. What's weird to me is that Misket basically looks like a bunny, but he's referred to as a robot, so it's kind of hard to tell. I I don't know if there's a way we're supposed to know that he's a robot. Well... I guess when you look at him, when you look at his full body, you can kind of tell that he has, like, some parts that kind of him that kind of look ro- robotic. Also, I really like the way that Misket was introduced to us in the, in the yeah, first book. Yeah, it's very, yeah, <laughs> very mysterious. We won't give it away, but yeah, when you first meet Misket, you're not really sure who you're meeting. Yeah. Since I haven't read the first books in a while, I forgot how cool Trells was at the start. Trells is the villain of the story, right? Yeah, he's the villain. So, as I've said earlier, he's the son of the Elf King, and he's kind of failing at being that, because it's kind of like Avatar The Last Airbender. That's what I was going to say. He's yeah. like Zuko. <laughs> yeah, he's like Zuko. So, yeah, he, he's got, he's kind of getting banished from, from being an elf prince. Because he's been failing at so many missions, and he's not doing anything really that yeah. good. And he's been sent out to find Emily, who found the 
uh, secret amulet in the basement or attic. Basically, she's the avatar. <laughs> yeah. So one thing about this book is it starts out in what arguably is our world. Mm-hmm. The book begins with them moving to their, their mom's grandfather's house. But the time that we spend in this world is very minimal. Pretty soon, Emily has found this magical amulet, and we're drawn into an alternate world where they leave ours behind and have no way to come back. And they're thrust into this adventure of trying to save their mom, who Evan mentioned was kidnapped by a strange creature. It, it reminds me, in a way, a lot of the movie Spirited Away by Miyazaki. Oh, yeah. Where, remember how the girl and her parents... Her parents were turned into pigs. Her parents were turned into pigs, right? And she she's work. kind of sucked into the spirit world. And to me, this is kind of a homage to that, where the mom is, is captured and the kids are trying to go to rescue her and they're sucked into this alternate reality. It's not a ghost world, but it's a totally different world. At one point, they're flying on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of neat. So we have that flight element that Miyazaki likes. Also... There is another part of the book that I really like. It's the house. The house. <laughs> house is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah the house. It's it can't, I, I don't know if we want to give away too much about it, though. But it's a very epic house. It is a very we'll epic house. That. Yeah. One thing I like about the art style, I would call it a very anime style of art. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I like about it is that there's lots of panels, there's lots of detail, but really lush colors you really get a feeling of beautiful inks and colors that they use to create this and then every once in a while you you have these panels that show things that are happening but then every once in a while you get these panels that are just full pages and they look like paintings they're just beautiful you'd almost say "Ooh, that'd be cool if i took that and hung it on my wall like it's like for example always the ends of the book always have those kind of Mm. feelings yeah yeah I also really like Emily's gem. Ah, yes. The, yes. the aforementioned amulet itself. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting thing. It's trying to help her and trying to suck her into this. It's trying to help her and corrupt her at the same time. Yeah. Do you think of it as a, another character in the story? Yeah, yeah, I think of it as another character. Because it's been throughout the whole story, book one and two. In the story, there's, like, these really powerful people in the fantasy world who who are called stone keepers, and each of them has one of these amulets, but they have to learn to control the power because if they give in to the power, then they'll turn into, like, these huge beasts, and, like, they'll just become power-hungry monsters. Oh, I have a good question. Mm -hmm. What kind of magic do you think that door actually was? Because there was that magic door that brought them to that other reality. And that's mm-hmm. never actually touched on. Like, what do you think brought them there? Was it? Yeah, that whole part of the story I was a little confused about. Because yeah. they eventually meet up with someone. who I, I probably don't want to say who it was, so I don't want to spoil things for people. But they meet up with someone who provides a little explanation. Mm-hmm. But I feel it's not quite enough explanation. For example, Emily, she finds the amulet in our world... But I kind of wonder how it got there, because someone would have had to take it and put it there. So there's a little bit at the beginning that seems odd to me. I'm just going to go with it, because that's how the story starts. But when I start thinking about it, it doesn't quite make sense. I think it's just the setup to get them going. Well, 
they did say that the world's like an alternate reality, so maybe the door is somehow like a portal. Maybe like the amulet was somehow teleported from that reality to the other one, because they do have pretty good technology in the other reality. But also, Trellis was in right. our reality. Trellis was there too, along with the ghostly eye thing. <laughs> yeah. I think also there might be, there's probably more than one door in the world that leads there. Yeah. Because I don't think there would only be that one door. Yeah, it's strange because it, it closes behind them. That's one of the things I don't quite get about the story. Yeah. But other than that, I think it all holds together pretty well. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite character besides Emily or Navener? Oh, that's Main easy. Antagonist. I like uh, Leon Redbeard. Oh, Leon. <laughs> so he's a character that's introduced in the second book. He sounds like a pirate. And he's a fox. A lot of the creatures in this story are animals, or at least they look like animals. It, it's implied that perhaps they were once humans or humanoid, but there's a curse in this world that makes people turn into animals. So a lot of the, the creatures that you see are are animals, and I, I think Leon's pretty cool. He's like a suave, swashbuckling, uh, yeah. Indiana Jones kind of yeah. type. He reminds me of Puss in Boots. So I like Leon. How about yeah, you? Leon is epic. I like Leon. I like Leon, too. Leon also has a cool backstory. Mm -hmm. I also like how he says he's not out for revenge, he's out for he's honor. Out. Yeah, he's out to honor. So what do you think about Naven? I, I always think, thought that Emily had more, like, better and interesting story, but that was because she's more of the main focus. Something that I guess, I guess me and Naven have in common is that we love video games. It's referenced a lot in book one how Naven loves video games. Mm -hmm. Like, at the start, they're going to pick up Naven because he's at their, like, aunt's or something's house playing video games. <laughs> When Naven has to, like, pilot something, I'm not going to say what, but he's like, oh, is it like video game controls? So, yeah, me and Naven have that in common. I feel like in the first book, he's just a younger brother and he doesn't have that much to do. Yeah. I mean, he gets a little bit to do at the end, but I think I like the second book better in that it gives him a little more to do. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I think Emily is the the main character, but they're brother and sister, and they're together so much that in the first book, Naven seems like he's just sort of tagging along and always, Emily this, Emily that. And then in the second book, he finally gets to at least do something mm -hmm. and take charge of, a, of some situations. Mm -hmm. Since all of you kind of forgot what happened in the third book, is there anything that you guys want to see I guess I'm interested in finding out about the stones themselves, the amulets. Yeah. In the, I can't remember if it's the first book or second book, they talk about a few of them. They talk about at least four of them, and then we know that Emily has one, and we know that Trellis has one, and I'm kind of wondering how many are there? You know, are there yeah. just ten? Are there twenty? Are there a hundred? I, I imagine this world is like, if it's like Earth, it's a huge place, Maybe. and I can't imagine all of these would just be in this one little part of the world, so mm -hmm. I guess I'd be interested in knowing if there's more, or if they're rare, and we just happen to be seeing a bunch of them right here. There, maybe there's, like, a lot of amulets, but, like, some are just more powerful than others, because, like, 
when Emily gets her amulet, everyone's, like, after her, and they're like, oh, no, she's going to be really powerful, and we need to stop her. But, like, the they don't really seem too concerned about the other people who have amulets. Are there any themes that you think in the in the books? There's definitely a lot of themes of family. It's nice to see Emily and Nathan come together for the purpose of saving their mom. Mm-hmm. Their mom is kind of selfless. She wants the best for her kids, and her kids want the best for her. And it's it's sort of this struggle, isn't it? It's this this back and forth where Emily keeps trying to save her mom, but then her mom doesn't want Emily to get hurt in the process of saving her, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of through that whole chase scene in the first book. There's also a theme of compassion because, like, a lot of times Emily is, um, she whenever she's fighting her amulet, it's like, you can destroy them all, just get rid of everyone, then you'll be the most powerful. But she's like, no, I don't want to do that because they're people too. I guess there's a theme about learning something about the stones every book now that I think. Because, well, at least for the first two ones right now, because for the first one we learned just that stones exist. The second one we kind of learned how they could corrupt you. And that's a theme that's going right now. So. so another thing about this world is that it's magical, right? Because we have these amulets. But there's also a lot of technologies, too. We have these robots... We have strange cities. We have animal people. I have a question for you guys, actually. Okay. So there's, they reference a bunch of amulets, but where do you think the amulets come from? Yeah, that's something that I was wondering. I was wondering, are they like, like spirits of actual people who are just like in the shape of a stone? And also, since the amulet has been trying to take control of Emily. Do you think that the amulet will ever, like, actually do it to her? The amulet almost feels like an unreliable narrator. It wants you to use it, but if you use too much of it, it's going to take control of you. Yeah, it's like a gamble. It's like a gamble, yeah. And I'm I'm sort of surprised that her great-grandfather wanted her to have it. He didn't want to get his family involved, but then he, like... He knew that he had to if he wanted yeah. to have any hope for the world. Well, in fact, that in the book two, which is actually called The Stonekeeper's Curse, I think that's part of it, is that he wanted to keep it from going to his family, but then he realized that by skipping one generation, it would just have to go to the next. Now, I'm not yeah. sure why. Maybe that's answered in the future. But whatever it was, he appears to think that Emily can somehow manage it. And from what we've seen of her character, it seems like she can so far. But, you know, there will be a trial by fire, I'm sure, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Anybody have anything else to say? I really enjoy these books. I remember when we first found them, we were just walking through the library, and I happened to pick one up, and I thought, you would like it, Evans. So we checked it out, and we've been reading them I ever since. I think you picked up, like, the fifth book or something. So we No, it was to... the first one. I'm glad that I found it. Have you given some to your friends for birthday presents? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're a good series of books, so if you like a well-drawn fantasy graphic novels, we'd highly recommend them. Well, that'll bring our, today's Lunchbox reaction to a close. I want to thank Linnea and Brian for being here. It was fun. It was. Okay, Linnea. <laughs> Bye.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.